ready for the interview And if you get a cue live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real That's the motto Real talk, pronto Doctor D, PhD, hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals Gotta be social Network global A home for the locals I don't often get the chance to have a guest on who I've spoken to many, many times before they come on the show. Most of the time, I meet the guests when they come on, or maybe we have one conversation before. But this time on Dr. D's Social Network, we're with Kara Sandoval, who has become a really good friend of mine. We're working on some things together. Um, But I wanted to have her on just so people could see. And I hear from Kara. She's so bright and amazing and wonderful. She has tremendous ideas. I think, like myself, we both think outside the box. And we want better for the industry we're in, the health and wellness industry. So listen to a lot of those things we're going to chat about. And uh, hopefully you feel the chemistry as well. So please put your hands together for Kara Sandoval. Recording is in progress now. You know, that's a different voice than they usually have. It's different. Uh, so, you know what's funny about this episode is with somebody that I've actually talked to a lot. Normally, I don't even meet the people or chat with the people that I have on. We have with us today, Kara Sandoval. Kara, always a pleasure. Yes, sir, it is. Thank you so much for having me, Darian. Yeah. You know what? I don't even know how I got to know you. I think I just reached out to you or something like that. And uh, yeah, it was out of the blue. I'm pretty sure it was on LinkedIn. It was. And I totally vetted you before I responded back. What does that mean? (laughs) Okay, come on. I'm a girl. You're a guy. I had to totally see what you were doing. What? Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I just made sure you weren't some creeper. And I made sure that our... uh, our mindsets were somewhat in the same vicinity of a ballpark and I reached back out to you and here we are. That sounds so bad considering how much we chat right now. That's, yeah, that's actually probably true, but I don't know a female in probably this day and time that doesn't vet anybody they speak to. Yeah. You know what I mean? What'd you um, find out when you vetted me? Um, I found out that you have a, well, we have a ton in common. Mm-hmm. We both are in the wellness industry, but that wellness encompasses so much more than just fitness. Yeah. Um, and that I felt as though you had a drive behind you that was something other than just monetarily speaking, mm-hmm. as well as wanting, literally wanting to be of service and help people. So, um, and authenticity is huge for me. So Mm. I didn't want to be on a canned anything or a scripted anything. I want it to be authentic. I want to be genuine. And I think there's so much more to be said for having those types of conversations, which is why this is probably the millionth time we have. (laughs) (laughs) So here's a question though, is like, so you're vetting people. Is this like a thing? There are people like, guys are contacting women and or whoever and they're like it's weird okay so i literally the most sexually harassed i've ever been was on linkedin come on and it was a ceo who will will leave the company and the name out um it was so bad that i told him if he talked to me one more time that I was going to press charges on him. It was, oh it was that. So that kind of, you know, sets the table for why I did a little, probably did a little and continue to do vetting. Um, yeah. And it, was, it was just a thing where the guy had online where he had some, um, what was it? Uh, some type of baseball. I love baseball and I wanted to yeah. go to a baseball game. And he was, he had like regular season tickets to some baseball team, whatever. And I responded. And the next thing I know, it was, I would never even repeat out loud what this man wrote yeah, to me. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. That's <laughs> it crazy. crazy. It was crazy. So that is the vetting and you passed. I'm glad I passed. I mean, I'm definitely not a creeper. No. <laughs> like, you are not. You're not a creeper but, at all. But how bad is that, that? That someone like myself has to 
uh, be subjected to other people who have poor behavior in a sense. I mean, it's not, it's good to vet people, but it's like, man, we're at an age where like, we can't just like, you can't be so sure, you know, you just can't be, you know. You can't. And I feel like, you know, although I'm very grateful for our ability to do this, right? Like I get to see you right now yeah. and other, and I wouldn't otherwise, um, we get to form these types of relationships long distance that we wouldn't otherwise, but at the same time, people are really good with technology and they can yeah. match their voices or their faces and they can be somebody that they aren't. And that can be a bad thing. So, but you, you passed and I didn't All have right. to run a background check on you. So <laughs> by the way, I'm still passing everyone. Yes. Like, yes. Everyone. Like, there's he some is... stuff happening. Okay. <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, also I think it's kind of, um, I thought about this. Is it is it mainly? I mean, anybody like who listens to this, I'd, I'd be interested to know like your opinion. Like, do you think it's mostly guys doing this, or is like, do, is there a capacity for like um, other genders to be doing like this creepy behavior? Because I don't oh, know. It feels I, like it's just dudes mainly. No, I I think there is the capacity for anybody to be creepy. However, I feel like men have a propensity to be that way more confidently because sadly they're very rarely called out on it yeah and i feel as though women we always are nervous if we say something especially to a man who has any type of power yeah that if we say something we will hinder our ability to continue growing within a company or uh, an industry or whatever that looks like so it's kind of this double-edged sword and i think you know i when I was the last gym that I worked at, there was a bunch of dudes. One of the trainers, a couple of the guys were walking out and a very beautiful woman walked out and we all agreed that she was pretty. And yeah. their conversation went to, okay, we want to sleep with her. And I was like, "Wow, wait, so because she's pretty, that means you want to sleep with her. And they're like, well, yeah, don't you? And I was like, <laughs> no, that never crossed my mind. I don't no. think women, I don't think, not all i at least the people maybe it's just the people that i hang out with i don't think that's a conversation we're like oh she's hot or he's hot so that automatically means we want to sleep with them yeah. or i think sometimes men think yeah. that if you're just nice to them that means we want you and <laughs> <laughs> that's not it we're just being nice i mean i'm ha i'm happy you're that confident for yourself but... man what a jump right uh, yeah yes yes very confident jump <laughs> man i've never been like that it's never been my thing like ever in my life and uh, well, I, yeah, I was a collegiate I, I athlete think, and I was around a lot of hyper masculinity and uh, I didn't like it, honestly, because I was like, no, this just doesn't feel right to me, you know. Well, hence the reason you and I are having conversations and we'll continue to and we'll probably build <laughs> great together. Um, and yeah. I think that's what you said. I don't think masculinity is the problem. I think it's the toxic hyper masculinity mm. that's the problem. And when gone unchecked, it is the issue. And you know, if, if we can have a feminine masculine relationship where everybody, and I'm not putting gender on that either, but when we, sure. when we meld those together and we have a respectable conversation with ourselves and then the people that we're talking to and having, wanting to have relationships with that would never cross your mind, but you respect yourself. And that's where I think it's all starts, right? If you respect yourself, then you're not going to treat another human being that way. Yeah, most definitely. And you know, what's interesting, I also think like, on my podcast, I have so many different types of people. And I think it could be construed like I have some people that I think are people would think are very kind of out there, in a sense. And but I don't look at it like that, that represents me It's just like, I'm just having a conversation. And you know, but I could see how like, with the guy thing, it's weird, man, because you know, I feel like it's just like hidden thing, but it's not hidden. Like I hear about this all the time, like creepy guys. It's so strange to me, you know, like how you come across as being creepy. I just don't identify with that at all. And I think it's weird. And like guys are creeping in other people's social media being doing weird stuff. I really do. Yes. Um, that was actually one of my, one of the things I was scared of doing once I opened up a business social media page and, and I think, I think as women, we always are careful what we do anyways, like, okay, what if I post this picture? How is that going to be construed? What if I yeah. do this? How is it going to be? And I think, 
I mean, for me, I've had to just come back to that place of self-respect and, and I, I post the things that resonate with me and for me. Um, that's the audience that I want to draw. Um, but I've had, I've had men on, on social media, the same thing where I can say, you know, look, Hey, I, by the way, I'm married. And it's just like, okay, what, what's your point? It's kind of like the dumb and dumber. So oh my you, gosh. You know, what, what kind of a percentage of a chance do I You're have? Saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't say you didn't say you were dead. So there's a, I don't know. Yeah, it's just very, yeah. very strange. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, that's kind of a good segue, I think, into the kind of general business that we're in, you know, health and wellness. And you talked about kind of thinking about what you put out there. What's your perceptions of, of fitness and wellness, health and wellness, and what's out there in social media land, you know? I got at a very interesting time because, you know, COVID really did force the fitness industry to go online. And yes. that our, that personal community, if you will, has had to change in so many respects. And COVID has also produced this time of, and not just COVID, but we look at the Black Lives Matter movement, we look at the elections, we look at everything that's, you know, refugees, immigrants, everything that's kind of feeding everything that's happening into the world. And mental health has become the forefront of that. Um, and I don't know that fitness is always, there, there, are, there are those of us that have, have talked on it, have spoke of it, who include it into our training regimens with ourselves as well as our clients. But it's changing now that you cannot deny that anymore. You cannot act like your mental health is one thing and your physical health is another. So I think we're seeing a shift in how people present that. I think we're seeing a shift in how trainers are, are working with people, whether it's injuries with regards to physical injuries or depression or anxiety or any other mental um, uh, aspects that could be going on that are exacerbated by COVID or Black Lives Matter movement or whatever that might be. So, and I don't, to be honest with you, Darren, I don't follow a ton of fitness people online. Yeah, um, <laughs> So you know, maybe I'm, of course, I'm following the people that that I can learn something from or that I can support because I believe in what they're doing. Um, but I am seeing a shift. You know, I think the interesting part of it too is whether it's a privilege shift. Is it, mm. you know, um, are people talking about things that only money can buy or only privilege can buy? So it's a very interesting time that we're in. And it, it is fun to be a part of trying to be a solution with regards to that and an inclusive solution with regards to that. Hmm. A lot to think about with that answer there. Yeah. Not a small answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it should be. I like these answers. I just very like thinking about it. You know, it's, um, you mentioned that you don't follow a lot of fitness people. I don't know why I took that. I resonated with that a lot. I don't either. I mean, I think I did a lot if you look at my LinkedIn, I do, but like, it was kind of early on. I, I've been on LinkedIn, like 14 years, crazy. Oh, wow. And, uh, but now like I rarely connect with fitness people and I'm trying to figure out why that is for me. It's a curious thing. I like, like reaching out to you was very irregular for me. Cause I don't reach out to fitness quote unquote fitness type people, even though I'm in a fitness business, <laughs> it seems like, <laughs> why would I not do that? And I think it's like, I'm not moving away from the business, like physically, like I train a lot still, I enjoy doing it. I'll always be in the business, but I think almost kind of like, kind of socially, emotionally, I'm moving away from it on some level, you know? I would agree with you. I know for me, especially the last year-ish, because I have become more involved in social media and, and putting myself out there um, for different things to build my business, et cetera. Sure. But my angst or or frankly just distaste i think that might be a better way <laughs> what i was thinking um is you know back to what we started with the authenticity yeah and i mean you know at the beginning and the end of every day we're all selling ourselves mm. every interaction we have is an and i don't mean that from a a monetary way of looking at it i mean it from a you know if i go out and act like an a-hole who's going to want to be around me yeah. so if i come off on social media and i'm an a-hole who's going to want to be around me but 
I don't resonate with people that just post workout videos of themselves. Yeah, me neither. That doesn't res- yeah, that just doesn't resonate with me. Like life is more than that. Life is more than yeah. working out. Life is more than, okay, wow, you can, I don't know, do a squat on a stability ball with a bar on your back. I'm happy yeah. for you. I, I, I don't know what the purpose of it is, but if you can do that and it makes you happy, then awesome. And as long as you're not yeah. an a-hole, I don't care, but that's not what I'm seeking. And, you know, maybe that's part of it is, and that's where we want to see the, if I, you know, if I may be bold in making that statement of, of we, yeah, we want to see the wellness industry be well and yeah. be inclusive and not be isolating and not be one. There's only one way to do this. You know, I, when I first started in my career, I was like, there's only one way to do a squat. Right. And then I finally realized, well, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's femurs could be a little longer exactly. or they're their ankle might have a little less mobility or, or maybe they, you know, have cerebral palsy and they can't do this and they can't do that. So I became less structured and more enamored with people just moving and getting their mind on mind. Right. As opposed to the yeah. perfection of this is how you have to do everything. And it has allowed me when I, when I stepped away from putting people in a box, I could step away from putting myself in a box and how freeing is that ultimately? Yeah. I, uh, I think we're very similar and we've, we've had these conversations off air, but like, yeah, I don't like, I don't resonate with like workout videos and stuff. I know a lot of people like that stuff, but, uh, I don't know. I just don't care. I mean, (laughs) I'm like, and I'm a very hard workout person. I hit it hard. I was a collegiate athlete. I know what that's like. I love it. It just doesn't do anything for me. I feel like, um, our, our industry has to transcend workout videos, honestly, it just, it's got to be so much more encompassing than that. And I think, I think it's important to recognize that like, much like America, the fitness industry, especially is so young. We don't really know a lot about how this thing's going to work. You know, it's, where are we going with it? And I think if it's just about workout videos and, you know, how you look and it's just going to fail. You know, it's just, and, and we're already, we're already failing at it anyways. I mean, most of the country doesn't take care of themselves and just the physical aspect of it. So it's like, it's gotta be about something else or something larger than just your physical health, because clearly we're, we're not killing that up. We're not killing that one. I mean, too well. Well, no. And I, you know, I think back to what motivated me to get into it and, and it was the exclusivity you know i think we you know we are both athletes both college athletes mm-hmm. yeah i always joke if you gave me a ball i'd probably know what to do with it, it didn't matter yeah. the shape or size and i think i i can you know i've been enough studies and i've done enough you know homework to know that i was born that way <laughs> and yeah. not every not everybody was so how do we create an environment that feels good inside and out right for people to be a part of a community that is about health and wellness, not about the aesthetics. Now, don't get me wrong, who doesn't want to look good naked? But sure. that's all about the eye of the beholder. So, yeah. you know, I I remember the first client that I trained that was a bariatric uh, patient, and we always worked on mind over over body stuff. I am not a therapist, um, and we've spoken on this before. I probably yeah. should have gotten my I should have double majored in psychology, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, but this woman went through her surgery and it was successful and she was still miserable after. And that was one of the conversations we had was, you know, you can, you can do all this aesthetic work on the outside, but ultimately it lies in how your heart and your mind feel together. And, and they don't search a parallel for each other. They're not like they're separate entities. And how do we bridge that gap? How do we make everybody that comes into our space feel love, yeah. compassion, kindness, and inspiration to treat themselves as though they are worthy of whatever it is that they want. I know that's the, that's the challenge, right? It is a challenge, but see, I also think that leads to another conversation, which is, um, the quality of professionals in our business. And let's now I want to move this. This is just not just a personal trainer conversation. I think it's in all health and wellness professionals. But if you take it to uh, what we do, coaching, training, I mean, I don't know. I can't remember how you feel about this, but, you know, I know for me, like, I'm kind of in this phase of my life where I'm like, what can I do to help create a better industry? Like, 
there's gotta be, it's gotta be more rigorous for something that's so important. People's mental and physical health, which is what we're dealing with when working with with people. I think we have to have a higher quality of professional in our business for this. I think too many people think what we do is kind of a joke because it's just, there's no regulate, there's literally no regulation, pretty much. It's a fly by night business over the weekend. And that's something I don't think the, the industry will move forward on all levels. If it's not more rigorous, I'm not a huge, like super regulation person, but I do think that in this instance, it's gotta be better than what it is. I 100% agree with you. I, my first experience of that was fresh out of college. I, I was fortunate enough to go to a college that let me get a degree in exercise science with an emphasis in personal training. Mm -hmm. And when I graduated, I went to go, of course, get a job and, and I will leave the name of the gym out. But I remember walking in there like, well, you have to have a certification. And I'm like, well, I have, I have a, I have a bachelor of science degree. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, you have to have our certification. And I went for their weekend certification. And I remember sitting there thinking, I just got a bachelor. And listen, yeah. by the way, I'm not blowing smoke up my own arse telling you that I think you have to have a degree in what mm -hmm. we do either. I think there's a lot to be said for, there are some certifications out there that are phenomenal that you don't need a degree for there are mentorships there are internships there's all kinds of things that you can do that can add to that but the route that i took and then to go have to get my weekend certification yeah. i remember i finished the test in i think we had a two and a half hour time limit again i'm fresh out of college it took me 45 minutes and yeah, of course the, you know that the proctor looked at me like are you serious and i was like well unless i'm an idiot and yeah, yeah. I am serious and of course I I passed it with flying colors because yeah. I didn't jerk around in college I actually cared about what I was doing but my experience the entire weekend and Did I lose you, Darian? No, I'm good. I hit a speed bump there. Oh, it's I just roll with the punches. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. No, that's okay. You can check that again. You know, I'm not gonna, and you know what, everyone? I'm not editing that. It's real life. That happens sometimes. It, okay. It does. So all I was saying was I think I because I'm not about big, I don't want regular a ton of regulations, and I don't need any of that either. But I think there needs to be some standards, and I think there needs to be some expectations. And there is a reason that, as as a professional that's been in this business for twenty plus years, that I have ever only trusted two people to train me. Yeah, that says a lot. And I'm picky. Don't get me wrong. I'm very picky, but. I, you know, I'm sure you do the same thing. You see people and you're like, oh, dear God, what are they doing with that person? Yes, and, yes. <laughs> and Crazy, you just, actually. and it's not to be, because I know there's not, you know, we, we spoke on this earlier. There's not just one way, but there are certain things that there's, for instance, I had a client who's 86 years old, who had a very forward head. And I have a guy who took over after I left and she told me, oh, yeah, well, he's having me do lap pull downs classic yeah. move i said where is he having you do lap pull downs behind my neck oh i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> yeah not good no and just little things or just so in general yes i think there needs to be there can be a lot more done for our industry to be on par with taking care of the overall health and wellness of a country of a world that clearly needs better guidance yeah. and and it starts with us you know i mean i know you you have to do the same thing if we have a client that goes in and sees a physical therapist or sees a sports doctor or is even working i have a a, a client who suffers from bipolar we yeah. work together with her therapist to ensure that when she comes in that we're taking care of her entire self yeah um totally. not 
not parts, you know, let's train your bicep today and see how that works. It's, that's yeah. not, that's not what we do. So yes, we do, we do need some changes, a lot of changes and, and it has, and I do agree with you. It doesn't just start with us as individuals. It starts yes, as individuals, and then coming together collectively to figure out how we can make our industry a better place for people. Yeah. It's just, um, it's a weird thing. Like you've been in the business a long time. I've been in the business a long time. And when you've, when you've seen a lot, like, honestly, like people are going to look back at people like us when we were basically started when our industry technically really started. I mean, when the first third party accreditation uh, certs came out in the, in the nineties, mid to late nineties, that's kind of our career in the beginnings. And so we're, if, I don't think people think about it this way. This is like, we kind of started when the internet started this profession. <laughs> We, we really totally, did. We did. We started at the same time, pretty much. And just like the internet, it's a huge experiment, a huge social experiment. So is the modern version of health and wellness. It's still literally like less than a year old child in that terms. But it's never going to get better if we just kind of let it keep going without any real sense of like... Um, standards or regulation or it's just too easy to get into and it's 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 almost a hobbyist profession you know it's become a hobbyist profession into an in influencer profession and then you have other people like us who are more educated so it's it's just kind of weird it, it's it's in this weird growth stage that i'm not sure where it's going but my desire would be to see it to be a lot harder to get into honestly I, I agree with you. And, and with that would, would come respect and yeah. also accountability because I know my degree was not easy. It would, you know, mm -hmm. I, anybody want to take an anatomy and physiology, physiotherapy, yeah. biomechanics, whatever, you know, take a couple of those classes and figure out if you can speak Latin real quick. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I, I throw that out there. I very rarely use those terms. And to be, if I'm being real honest, sometimes yeah. I have to go pick up my AMP book up, back up again. If I have to think about the proper name of a muscle, cause you can't, you can't talk that way. Um, no, but yes, I think it, you're correct. It would add more legitimacy, legitimacy, respect, and it would just hold us to a higher standard. I mean, I know that you do this and I do this. I constantly look for ways to continue my education and grow and morph and learn and, and things like that, but it's not on a standard. And if it were, how, what would that look like? You know, instead of me trying to figure out where to go and what to find and what's legitimate and what's not legitimate and, um, you know, the, what's the, the pretty shiny things for right now yeah. and what's not the pretty shiny things for right now? You know, what does functional movement mean? I mean, I know what it means to me, but, you know, that's, you know, as well as I do, that's been a term that's been thrown around for a long time that's yeah. just been capitalized on. Um, you know, if it looks weird and, and odd, okay, let's try it. Okay, well, maybe, but is there a method to the madness, you know? Um, so yeah, there's a, I'm definitely in the same boat with you on that. And I think we can do a lot better for sure. Yeah, I think so. And, um, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a movement, maybe it was like 10 years ago, maybe even less where there was some movement to, for different States to have licensure for, do you remember this? I do. Yeah, it was like a thing. And then it just fizzled out. And I was going to say, and then you didn't hear anything else about it, right? Because it went to the government. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't figure out how they could make money off of it. Yeah. You know, you can have hearings and stuff. I know. I, I know a lot of the people who are like really into this. And like, I think like it's very difficult to try to. My thing is like, if you're trying to present like reform with fitness and wellness certification and all this stuff or ha having, uh, I think part of it too, was having the ability to, uh, you know, subsidize some fitness and, and wellness services so that, you know, people, it would be more affordable and things like that. But anytime you get it through like the government sludge, I mean, it's just not going to happen then, you know, it's like, it's not up there. So i would like, actually was playing around with like, can we get around this through like, you know, ballot measures in different states like they do with, let's say, like cannabis and psychedelics, those things are often brought up through ballot measures. 
and not through congressional hearings and stuff. You have to kind of circumvent the system, you know. That's actually a really great idea. And and to roll with that, I mean, can you imagine if our clients that have the the health share accounts through their work where they can actually use their money and they can actually just put that towards personal training or group fitness yeah. or whatever that looks like. And but again, making sure that where that money's going, we're actually we actually know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there when I lived in Oregon, some of my clients were able to actually use already because you know it's specific northwest they're a little more of forward course. when it comes to wellness um they could use that for my services you know i had to show my certifications and my um you know i carry insurance and all the things but part of the legitimacy and then they could pay for it and that's a great avenue for people to utilize that as a preventive measure of going to the doctor what a brilliant idea yeah. <laughs> What a brilliant idea. But see, that's not how we are, though, Kara. It's like we're a reactive nation on so many things. On, on everything, I think. I mean, God, don't for, don't fix it until it's broke. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, working with a corporate client and pre-COVID, everybody that I worked with was off their blood pressure, cholesterol, whatever meds, because they had to go through a wellness program. Yeah. And as soon as COVID happened, they got rid of us, which you know, I'm not on here to debate closing down gyms or anything. That's sure. whatever it is, what it is. But instead of leaning into let's provide a way to keep this going for our clients and on, on our employees at, at any cost, meaning internet online, whatever, even if it's just weekly talks, they nixed it. And every single one of my guys that were in the program are back on their meds. I'm like, yeah. awesome. That's exactly what I'm sure this company wanted when they brought me in was to have you guys go right back to spending your medical insurance and making it really high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it is. Crazy. It, it is crazy. Um, and, but that's, those are some really good ideas to, to toss around and think about because I mean, things happen when you circumvent and put it, put it on a ballot measure. I think so. I, you know, I've, I've definitely been inspired by what I see when ballot measures come up about other issues. And that it literally takes the power away from elected officials to determine the legitimacy of, of, of a topic. And it creates the power goes directly to the people. It's like, okay, if you get enough signatures on this and this whole thing, it gets on a ballot during an election season. And then the people decide whether this becomes a thing or not. And I almost feel like you have to do that that or work through local aspects of things because the larger a larger a system is, the harder it is to work through that system. Anything that gets huge becomes very difficult to manage. Right. And and I, I agree with that too. You know, back to what you brought up a while ago, just like even the psychedelics and things like that. You mm -hmm. know, we're talking we're talking about states that acknowledge those as as mental health. Uh, well, we can talk about curing it and all sure. kinds of things without without the side effects of big pharma. Um, that's one of the frustrations I have living in the state that I live in is, is I'm, I will probably be the last state in the United States to legalize marijuana. And yeah. I, it baffled, well, it doesn't baffle me. I Kara's mean, in on. Texas, by the way. She's yeah. not saying, I'm going to say it. she's in Texas. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> we can say it. I'm in Texas. I didn't say where you lived in Texas. I just said yeah, in Texas. Yeah, let's, let's not say that probably. Um, <laughs> she's in Texas uh, though. <laughs> But that's, I mean, that's a, that's the fight, right? Like we, I just had a client who was going through knee replacement surgery. I mean, his, it was unbelievable how bad his knees were. And he came to me, you know, two months before he was going to have surgery. And we did a lot of things to prep him for it. But one of the things we did was we put him on a regimen of CBD oil for inflammation. Yeah. And I just can't wrap my brain around why that has to be a bad thing. And yeah, he, he literally two days after his surgery was not only off of completely off of narcotics he was already getting in a pool and doing rehab stuff yeah so how is that bad i mean we could take a 65 year old dude who couldn't walk right and and you know working with you know other professionals whether it's naturopathic doctors holistic etc yeah. and creating an atmosphere of whole wellness yeah um and that i i don't that would be a fight that would take all of my time here. <laughs> I, I'd need everybody, but I'm willing to do it. I yeah. mean, 
Um, but it is frustrating. Um, gotta love Oregon and Washington and California. I know. I'm in Washington, man. We're moving forward with all types of stuff. I'm yes, I, know, like, I know you are. You know, and you know what I think for me is like, um, I re- I was talking, not talking. I was listening to uh, Michael Pollan, a very well-known author. And of course, his book "How to Change Your Mind" is very popular these days. And he has another book I think coming up on kind of basically like why people want to have altered states of consciousness. Like, Mm -hmm. why hasn't that been edited out of our population? Because you think, oh, it could be dangerous if you're in a weirdly altered state of consciousness. And, you know, it got me thinking, though, about like, you know, when you exercise or you do uh, when you're doing things that require you that be a little uncomfortable or change your health and wellness, that's a altered state of consciousness in many ways. And I think humans crave that. I think you know, now listen, they, not a lot of people are exercising realistically, uh, but a lot of people are altering their consciousness through other methods. And I think we're, we're trying to figure out how do we best alter consciousness through ways that are most positive, like exercise, like maybe cannabis or psychedelics. And then there's groups of ones that are maybe more dangerous and we should stay away from. But I think health and wellness, we need to start looking at it, in my opinion, as as a, a conscious altering uh, idea, not just like get better looking. Again, it's a good side effect of it uh, if it's done right. But I think this whole conversation on altered consciousness, we're moving into it on some level on all these things. And I think we need to include exercise more vehemently into that discussion. I agree with you. I, you know, how many clients do you do you train that would honestly come to you and say, Darren, I love to work out? Oh my gosh, come on. <laughs> I know. So you and I love to work out, I yeah. would imagine. Like I always say that that working out is my church because it alters my consciousness. And I don't know that I've ever put those two and two together until yeah. you just said that. But it is my time and my space to to be completely present in my body for my body and my mind to become one yeah and i love it and one of the tools that i'm trying to use with my clients is you you tell your first of all you tell yourself your story right like i hate working out okay well you're Mm -hmm. literally every cell is going to resonate that now congratulations for doing that right before you work out because it's going to be a lot of fun and i'm a sarcastic jerk sometimes so i (laughs) say it just like that um but a reminder that regardless of your religious or lack thereof, uh, you know, opinion, um, if you want to have any type of spiritual experience, you cannot have one without your body. Yes. You cannot have one without your without your mind and altering the mind because, you know, when I take my dogs for a walk, all my dogs, especially my boy dog, all he thinks about is peeing on everything and smelling yeah. everything and walking, right? The, I swear, if I'm ever incarnated, please let me come back as one of my dogs <laughs> um, because they have the best life. They also have one, at least in our household, without a lot of stressors from the outside world. So they yeah. can always be present. And that's the thing, right? Like We go back to that altered state of mind. Yeah. We live in a society where at the you know, everybody knows where you are all the time and this and that and, and, oh my God, I I have to be readily available. And I, what if this happened? And we're always, you know, our adrenal glands are 24 seven pumping. We're on fight or flight all the time. And Native Americans have been altering their minds forever and they haven't been doing it to get high. It's not to do that. It's the, the purpose behind it is to have the experience. And sometimes the experience needs a little help. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You know, I'm going to speak into existence what I want to happen. Um, and that takes being present now. And sometimes that's hard. Yeah. Um, but thank you for even bringing that up. I, I feel <laughs> like I'm going to like enjoy my workout even more today. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have, man, you know, one of the things I've said is on this podcast, I'm going to be very open about different things. I really don't care if people think certain things. It's just, uh, you know what, you know, when people say I'm too old for that. Yeah, I'm 43. That's not that old, but I'm too old for that. Okay. Me too. (laughs) At least a couple times a week, definitely Friday is I alter my consciousness every Friday. I take a pretty big edible 
and I have a nice cocktail and I watch a movie and I laugh as hard as any human could ever laugh in their life. I make dinner. It's the best time in my life. But, you know, I've created a ritual in my house. It's my ceremony. And, I, and so it's safe for me. It's not like I'm out doing something weird or driving or whatever. I'm just in my house, you know, but I actually am like a huge proponent of altered consciousness in various forms because you need a break from being in this reality. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people know that instinctively. It's just, have you created a ritual, a ceremony for it that's proper? If your ceremony is drinking and driving, you've destroyed the, the ceremony. You have done something poorly. Okay. On the other end, if you've gone to work out and you're literally just talking on your phone the whole time or barely moving, you've destroyed the ceremony of exercise for that. So what is your ritual? I think that's where I'm heading is kind of like, I'm trying to integrate consciousness and altered consciousness and exercise and health and wellness together to create this super powerful, like health and wellness, spiritual combination. I really think that's where we need to head as a, as a business. And as a, because people want companionship, they want compassion, they want love, they want guidance, and they want exercise. You can't just be into exercise and workout videos. That's why I think we got to move past this stuff. Me too. Me too. And it's, it's, it really is a band-aid, you know, if it, the, and the point to your ceremony is it is a, like you said, it's a ritual, right? Like this morning, I felt better about my day. Yesterday, I, I, I suffer from anxiety and mm -hmm. I do, um, I microdose yeah. to, to help mine. And I can tell you that is the best thing I've ever done in my entire life for myself. Yeah. And yeah. I won't ever go without them. Um, yeah. But I did not do my ceremony yesterday of get up, do my meditation, mm -hmm. do my infrared light therapy and do my journaling. And I struggled with anxiety yesterday. Yeah. Today I got up and I did my ceremony and I've had an absolutely wonderful day. And it's not, you know, it's almost like, like Jenga. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you can pull some parts out and you'll still be together, but you still have holes. Yes. You're still going to feel like garbage. And if you can get to a place where you honor your ceremony and the intent and purpose behind everything that you do is about love for yourself and therefore it will bleed out love on everybody else. Yeah. That's where the magic is. But the magic starts with you and you have to honor yourself and you have to honor the time of your day. You have to get up maybe a little bit earlier or do like probably both of us do, which is we don't start our day until a certain amount of time because I have to have my day start this way. Yeah. Because if I don't, I can't be present for my clients. I can't be malleable. I can't dance with them. I can't hold space for them. Because if I can't do those things for me, I cannot do them for my clients. Um, and, and that's it, right? Like we as practitioners of wellness have to be in a place of wellness for ourselves to hold space for wellness for them, to feel not judged and safe and secure and inspired to step into whatever their greatness is. Yeah, I really think that we need to bring back ritual and ceremony a lot more to our lives. And as not just to be ready for your day also, but to like for transitions in life. It's like, we've tried to get rid of ceremony, like so much with people. It's like, Hey, you're a teenager, you're moving into adulthood and, you know, graduations and all these different things and children being born. It's like, we take away the specialty, the transitions of life. I think it's a big mistake. And I think our ancestors knew about that. They knew the importance of it. And I see more people I talk to, like I have a podcast coming out episode with uh, Dr. Catherine Coder. Man, that thing was incredible. Now she's a transpersonal psychologist, incredible stuff. And we talk a lot about ceremony and bridging the gap between ceremony and integration. I think it's a must listen for anybody who is trying to be on a higher level of implementing ceremony and the sledgehammer of altered consciousness into your, into your life. And I really think that in the future, people like us, we shouldn't really be personal trainers. There should be some hybrid thing of like counselor, personal trainer, um, confidant, uh, doctor, like this hybrid thing that, because really you're doing all those things within a session and the connection with people, you know? 
I 100% agree with you. And I love the word ceremony, what it means. And, and I agree with you as this, especially Western civilization, getting rid of ceremony. Yeah. Um, you know, every transition that I go through, that I went through as a younger child. And I, you know, like you said, I think we innately know the things that we need and, and we, yeah. that we will res if we listen to ourselves, we resonate towards those things. Every new thing that happened transition in my own life, I always woke up to see the sun come up. Yeah. Because I felt like it was a sacred time for me to sit in silence with mother earth and honor that here's a, here's a new year around the sun. Right. And now I lean into my ceremony with either it's solstice or a new moon or whatever. And I charge the heck out of my crystals and do my saging yeah. and everything else. Um, and it has brought back a sense of connection that I don't think we, that I had for a while. And that I think, you know, even if you could peel back the layers of what religion provides for people, it is probably the ceremony that people are, that they resonate to, towards, right? Like yeah. I grew up um, Baptist and Catholic and we could have a whole podcast on that, but um, the ritualism of Catholicism and especially growing up in New Mexico where Native American influence has such a huge yeah. like reach into it, it, there's still such a beauty of the purpose behind everything that we do, even like my grandma died a couple of years ago and, and, you know, you go through a rosary and it's, it's very ritualistic. Yeah. It's healing. It's healing. It's a great it way to say goodbye. And I do think we need to get there. And, you know, how do we provide that for our clients when they come in? I have a checklist that I go through with mine and it's a grounding centering one. And at first, some of them were like, this is kind of weird, but they always end up having a better session. When, it, how are you? How are you feeling? Yeah. What are you struggling with today? What is your purpose for today's session? What do you want to get out of today? How, what can you give percentage wise today to being here? How do you mentally and physically feel? You know, um, I used to get hounded for not having a, a care what's your four to six week plan with your client yeah. Well, to show up and, and dance with them yeah. and, and lead when I need to and, and hand them the lead when they, when they can. And, and I feel as though that was also probably a reason that we don't lean into the traditional fitness industries because yeah. that's how we do things, right? It's just a more whole person approach to being present for them. And I don't look at myself as a personal trainer either. That doesn't even resonate with me anymore. Yeah. I, I think they, you know, it's a label that has been happening, but like, I think there's it's something else. It's evolving into something else. It needs to evolve into something else because for me, I, I think clients, they look at exercise as like the number one thing. They're coming to you to do all these things. But honestly, really don't, I don't really think they know what they want. Honestly, I think they think they know what they want, but I know what I am trying to get done, which is I want them to have a good positive experience with another human being. And I want them to laugh. I want them to cry if that's what they need to do. I want them to tell me about their day. I, and, and that's, that's more than training. So if we're moving into that territory, then we got to reframe what this actually is that we're doing. I agree. And that is a whole nother thought process. And, you know, even if you think about labels, I was, I was trying to, we've talked about how we name ourselves or whatever, mm -hmm. even on my Instagram page, I'm like, I don't want fitness trainer on there. Cause that's not yeah. what I do. It has, it has so little to do with, you know, I had a client who came back. He had a, he had a kid, one of his children, he picked up from a rehab facility this weekend. And he's like, Kara, I've hit a plateau. I'm like, you haven't hit a plateau. You, <laughs> you've literally been dealing with trauma. Yeah. And you're carrying the trauma of your son and probably trying to figure out if you added to his trauma and why he's dealing. I'm like, give yourself some grace and some compassion right now and stay off the scale. Like what you need now is to hydrate and feed your body healthy things and give yourself time to reflect and grieve and process and deal with the trauma so it doesn't stick. Yeah. You know, that's that's what you need right now. Um, and so you're right, we're, we're not, I mean, any, Anybody could kick anybody's butt. Just pick up the heaviest yeah, dumbbells you can. And, That's and, easy. I, yeah, like lunge around the block and do as many push-ups. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm special. <laughs> it's so easy. But you know, exactly. like you're like you're like part comedian, part trauma specialist, part best friend, part trainer, 
part, you know, a therapist, you're, you're taking on so many different roles with people and ingesting so much, so many different personality traits from other people. That just doesn't seem right that it's just like a personal trainer. There's something else out there that we should become. We're, there's a metamorphosis that needs to happen. Um, and the education needs to follow along with it and the standards, I think. 100% agree with you. Like, can you imagine had we have, when we were going through our collegiate careers, had we have been supported the way we support our clients? Can you yeah. imagine had we have been <laughs> educated the way we are now educating ourselves to support our clients? What a difference it would have proved. And, and granted, you know, I, I don't, um, I don't wish I had had a different path, you know, all the choices that I've made and all the things that that have gone on, I do believe I have leaned into and asked for for lessons for me to be more compassionate, yeah. and loving and kind and, and all those things. But I feel like in that awakening comes that responsibility for me, for you to pass that forward to the generation coming up. Yeah, I, I told I, I believe that that's why I think like, it's really important to know the time and the space in the existence that you're in. I don't think enough of us really think about where we're at as a business and as an industry. We're so young. I mean, it really wasn't modern in the 80s. It was a lot of Venice Beach, kind of super bodybuilding type of thing. I mean, that wasn't the business, you know, but the business really started in the 90s as kind of what we're doing. So we've barely been around in the, in the scheme of the cosmos. We're nothing as a profession. We're nothing. So what do we want to be right now? It's amazingly crazy. Uh, I think we got to find our, um, our equilibrium and our footing, because I feel like the, the people who really see training as more than workout videos, and they see the mental health and the social emotional aspect of it, they are going to inherit an incredible amount of responsibility and power in our business. It's, uh, I've been writing a lot about this. I wrote for idea about how to become a compassionate coach because I believe that's where we're moving. And they told me, is this the first article like this they've ever had in their history? It's the biggest fitness media company. I said, no one's talking about this. Training's about compassion. So much about compassion. Like we need to focus on this, you know? We do because we are, we are healers where we can be, if that's we what we can be, right? Yeah. If, if that's, if that's the responsibility and the power, like you said, that we want to have and feel like, and I do feel like that is my calling. Like that's the, that's my responsibility. That's the power because that's what I got from it. Yeah. And it is crazy when you just said that, I can't believe that's the first article that idea has had written. First so time. congratulations yeah. to you for Thanks. opening some freaking people's eyes and hearts. <laughs> Um, you know, and you, we could, gosh, we could tie that into what, you know, what's going on with Simone Biles right now. Mm. Um, and not just her, you know, how many Olympic stories are we hearing? Yeah. These kids, they're going to be the ones that vote. They're going to be the ones that make decisions. They're going to be the ones that either start to heal the trauma of themselves to heal the trauma of our world. But we, we carry that torch. Yeah. And we get, I do agree, we get to, we get to be part of that. And it is a big responsibility. And I think we have to heal our industry to do that. Um, <laughs> it was funny when you said the Venice Beach thing. I remember, so my eighth grade year of basketball, I got invited to, to work out with the varsity basketball team. And the, the school that I went to, we had a very prestigious history. I think 17 years in a row, we had won a state championship. So mm -hmm. like, if you were a girl and you played basketball, this is what you like, right? This is what you wanted to do. And I was yeah. bound to determine I'm going to be a professional basketball player. And I think I was four, nine and probably 80 yeah. pounds or something, you know, something very hilarious, but I didn't know any better. Cause I think I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof. So, um, I get invited. And then my freshman year, I make the varsity basketball team, but I'm maybe 95 pounds now, maybe four, yeah. seven, still very small. And I remember, you know, driving to the basket and the, you know, somebody knocked the ball into the stands upstairs or whatever. And I was like, well, hello. And then I got blocked out and I got pushed away. So my point, I started lifting weights because I knew I had to be stronger. I had to be faster. I had to be quicker and I had to be smarter than everybody else on the floor. And the first and only magazine that I could find about working out 
was a freaking muscle and fitness magazine. And back then, muscle and fitness was not anything like it is now. It was literally, um, oh my God, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And, you know, the compartmentalized workouts and the drink a ton of protein and literally no females. <laughs> there was no women working out. There was no proper this, proper that. It was lift as much as you can, as much, you know, on your split days. And that's how I started training myself. And I remember the first time I walked into a store and I found Jamie Eason. So mm -hmm. if you will know who she is. Uh, yeah. Um, she is a professional bodybuilder, but relatively speaking, a smaller woman and still, um, well, she's just not gigantuous, I guess is, is what I'm saying. So for, for me to be able to look at her and go, you know, I could do that, right? So I was so proud and then oxygen came out. And so these, you know, these publications started to come out with women in it. So I started to resonate towards that, but you are right. I mean, that was literally, mid to late 90s and here we are in 2020 we still don't know what the crap we're doing we have no clue well and doing. especially with women i mean i have a client who i i'm working with to lose some weight and she had some guy at the gym ask her about it and he's like well you're having too much protein and i i said well what did he did he ask you any pre-qualifying questions and she said no but he said i'm a bodybuilder and i know and i said well does he have ovaries in the uterus and she said no <laughs> i said well there's part of the problem and you know, to be honest with you, I only know one book on the market that is written by and studied by a woman who is a doctor on women and our needs, yeah. whether it's our menstrual cycle or premens or, or God forbid, we talk about menopause. You know, we are so far behind on everything, especially for women, that it's unbelievable. So I even... That's one of the books that I tell every single one of my women clients when I actually train a trainer and I'm like, Brian, you have to get this book yeah, because yeah. it is written by a woman for women and it will change everything because you need to know that. I mean, when I was in school, you didn't talk about your menstrual cycle, like it didn't change how you worked out. God forbid we actually acknowledge something that happens <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's archaic at best. It really is. <laughs> and it I'm is. still figuring things out, right? Yeah, that's why I say like our profession is crazy because it's, we, I mean, we know a lot, but we kind of don't. I mean, we just kind of, I mean, I the women thing is so interesting. I mean, you can probably remember this when like, maybe it still happens. I don't, I don't hear it as much, but like, go, well, I can't lift weights. You know, it's like, that's happened in our lifetime. All this stuff, you know? Literally, yes. And you can't train too long because your body can't, which is so funny because what we know now is women can actually train longer yeah, than men. It's crazy. Like it is crazy. And yes, I actually, when I was in school, was berated for lifting weights after basketball practice because it was going to yeah. change my shot. And I was like, yeah. okay, listen, I do change how I lift during season because I'm not trying to lift whatever. It's different training, yeah. right? Different training sure, cycles. But I was like, the only way it's going to change my shot is if I quit shooting. Yeah. So then, I mean, the ball becomes like, a, you know, it's a shot put. No, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I still go with it. So yes, I know exactly what you mean. But even when I was in basketball, we were still holding stretches before we got warmed up for right. eight seconds. Yeah. Really? For eight? <laughs> yeah. That wasn't, I mean, I know we're, so, we're almost the exact same age, yeah. but that was not that long ago. Yeah. And that's why I think like you see the Olympics is a great, a kind of a perfect example of this because, you know, you're seeing people getting better, these world records and stuff. And, and yeah, there's some shoe technology and different things, but in the end, training is better. We know, we know how to get the most out of people much better now than we ever did then before it was like overtraining. Let's just kill these people. Let's just volume, volume, volume. You know that some people can handle a lot of volume and some people can't, you right. know, training the individual person, uh, on the micro macro level of that. I think we're just, we're understanding nutrition better. Sleep is a much bigger issue thing now for people stress. I would expect you would see better performances from here on out continuously because we're starting to refine the human performance. We're, we're uh, measuring the human performance, the vital signs, O2 saturation, heart rate variability. We're tapping into like what makes us exist 
biologically and how do we do we train this day or not that day how does this work you know so if you think about it we grew up in the time of health and wellness where honestly we were just like guessing you know a lot of stuff it was all the science is only as good as the time you're right. in. It's only right. as good as the time you're in. It can be wrong, actually, but it's only as good as what's happening in the current time. It's not predictive of what it will be for that. So I, you have to trust where you're currently at, but that may not be right, actually. You know, I 100% agree with you. And it, it is phenomenal. Like, you know, we watched the, the women's 400 hurdles. Oh, last amazing. Dear God. I mean, are you kidding me? But to your point, you know, the science of getting a woman, when does she rest? Does yep. she train when she's menstruating? Does she like mm -hmm. there's different there, it's all science. We are dialing it in. And to your point about sleep, it in. if I have a client who comes to me who says, I'm not losing weight, how much are you sleeping? Well, four hours a night. Well, hello, your body's not recovering. Yep. You have to sleep more. Well, I feel fine. You know what fine means? After up insecure, neurotic, and emotional, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Um, you know and, and and that's the thing too like i don't know about you but in the winter i need more sleep than i do the summer yeah. duh it's called the cycle of earth we need that more we need to yep. lean into that more and some days i don't have the emotional effort to go give an hour workout so maybe i do a 25 minute workout great it's the quality of my intention purpose and how i perform when i'm in there versus which uh, which to be honest with you too as i get older i don't want to train that much i don't sure. i guess that's not my thing i don't want to spend two hours doing anything no but maybe being on a boat or hiking i mean yeah. i don't know that's that's just me but it is amazing to see how many world records just one after it. And, I, and I'm seeing more women. And to that point, the science is finally catching up and people are finally studying women and people are finally studying, like, what do we need nutritionally? Like, you can't yeah. just block cart. Okay, well, you're a woman and you're a man, you guys weigh the same. So you guys have to have the same carbs and you have to have the same. Pro no, 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 no. Back the bus up completely different. I mean, totally. Uh, and it's exciting, especially as a female to be a part of that and to see it it's finally getting acknowledged and you're heard and you're understood. And, you know, when we were kids, they just wanted us to puke, I think probably because yeah. yeah, that's all my coaches wanted to do. I mean, if you puked, you better not take more than about 15 seconds and it better not be on the floor and you better get back. Yeah, most definitely. It's you're a coach in any venue at this point, you have to stay, you have to update your knowledge constantly and you have to see where we're headed in health and wellness. And we're headed towards a much larger spiritual altered consciousness based um, existence in health and wellness. And exercise is just one element of that. So if you're not progressing, if you're just kind of an old school trainer or whatever, it's like, you're gonna get edited out of the, the professional population. Anyway, at some you, point, you know, I, so I think so too. I think you're also just hurting your clients because yeah. you know, you know, to your point earlier, when you said, I don't think our clients know what they want. I don't think many people know what they want. And that takes, uh, that's a whole other thing, right? Like, <laughs> like, like who sits in the time and the presence of now and says, I'm going to listen to my intuition and I'm going to be one with my heart and my mind yeah. and all those things. And I get that, but I, we have a responsibility to understand that. Okay. Well, maybe I can do a, B and C with you because and I can get you to your goal weight, but at what sacrifice is that going to be to your joints or your mental health or your spiritual health? Like in the whole scheme of things, is it really worth it? I mean, and, you know, you know, we talked about who doesn't want to look good naked. The, one of the things that's one of my biggest pet peeves in women's anything, find me a woman that doesn't have cellulite on her legs. Yeah. Yeah. Can we make that normal? It, right. Can we talk about our hormones and why that is normal? Does it mean you have to have it? No. Jamie Eason's probably the only person I've ever seen that didn't have cellulite on her legs. Yeah. And yeah. I know what she eats and how she trains. Cause I speak, I've spoken to her before. Yeah. Um, I don't want it. I like wine. So I'm going to keep drinking some wine here and there. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm probably going to have some cellulite on my legs okay. and it just is what it is. We are different. Our bodies are different. We need different things. Yeah. And when we normalize being real and 
I, I'll never forget, I, a couple of years ago, there was a beautiful picture of Alex Morgan plants to step through to kick the ball. And I remember seeing it was an unedited picture that they actually published. And it was probably Sports Illustrated. And you could see her, there was some fat on her legs, sure. like there is on every female's legs. Yeah. If that woman who runs nine to 12 miles a day, one of the most beautiful women in the world to me, can be that, that's going to make me feel better about myself. Yeah. So that's that's part of it too, is having those real conversations. So if I have a female comes to me that's like, I want a six pack, I'm like, well, how mm. dedicated to that do you really <laughs> want to be? Um, yeah. Do you want to have any, because as we get older, that's the part too, of having those yeah. real conversations with our, our client. I mean, we're dying every day and <laughs> we are, you know, we're producing less testosterone. So are you, um, you know, the, the estrogen, the, all the things that happen, what's the reality and why, why do you want to, why do you want to be that way? Who's actually going to see you? Yeah. And yeah. when it comes down to it, I would imagine, or I hope my hope for everybody is that you have chosen a partner who loves you yeah. and thinks you're gorgeous the way that you are. Most definitely. Most definitely. I tell Henry. you this, this could go on forever. This literally yes, it, could go on forever. Yes, it I, could. And we're going to be talking again soon anyways, but uh, <laughs> yes, we are. Kara, thank you so much uh, for Thank being you. on. I mean, it's just uh, always easy to talk to you. And uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. Yes, I do too. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm just grateful to know you and blessed to know you made my day better. Same here. Thank you so much. All right, sweetie. Take care. Have a good day. Okay. Ready for the interview and if you get a cue live on the laptop, watch what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the show, let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real, that's the motto. Real talk, pronto, Dr. D, PhD, hit the intro. Hold up, wait, gotta be social, network, global, a home for the locals. Gotta be social, network, global, a home for the locals.